The views expressed by speakers are their own and may not necessarily represent the views of the IMS. Hello, I'm Dr. Marla Shapiro. I sit on the Board of Trustees of the International Menopause Society, and today we're joined by Dr. Lisa Larkin. Lisa, for our women who are out there, can you tell them who you are and what you do? Thank you very much for having me, Dr. Shapiro. So my name is Lisa Larkin. I'm a women's health internist in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I currently sit on the board of trustees of the North American Menopause Society. I'm president-elect. So we're talking about something that all women care about, which is their breast health. And depending on where you are, there's some controversy about the age of onset of when you have a mammogram, but it doesn't really feel very precise or individualized. And I know that you're passionate about individualized breast health. What do you mean by that phrase? So first I'll set the stage. So I'm, I'm passionate and I've been passionate as a women's health internist for the last 30 years about breast cancer prevention and breast health, but I'm also a breast cancer survivor myself now, an eight year breast cancer survivor. And so really since my own diagnosis, you know, my passion for really working with women and individualized breast health has really grown. The other thing is that just the time is ripe. We're learning so much about individualized risk for women. And what we really need to do is now come to a much more personalized approach to breast health. And as you mentioned, you know, women, and this was me eight years ago, you know, when you go get your mammogram, your doctor reminds you to get your annual mammogram. You're just waiting to get that call that says, we have an abnormal mammogram or you need a biopsy and then you're diagnosed with breast cancer. Women right now aren't empowered to think that they have any thing that they can do to actually prevent breast cancer. And we really need to focus more on that for women because there really are things that are very important and that you can do as a woman to lower your risk of developing breast cancer. The other thing is we need to empower women to really raise this discussion with their clinicians because busy primary care providers and women between the ages of 40 and 60 often don't have many points of contact with physicians. And we need to empower women to talk to their doctors and ask about their breast cancer risk, remind their physicians about their family history, talk about this concept of breast density, which we know increases risk, and really have work with their clinicians so that they can have a better understanding of how their own individual risk compares to population risk. Because what we know is many women are out there are at much higher risk for both genetic reasons and for not genetic reasons, other reasons. And we're not identifying those women and we're not talking to those women about extra screening they should have or things that they should be doing to lower their risk. Okay. So knowing family history as a woman is critical. Who in your family had what? But when you talk about other modifiable risks, Women often don't think they're modifiable risk when it comes to breasts. It's sort of it is what it is, but that's not true. Right. That's exactly right. And, and I think we do a really good job in medicine of, and we've done a great job over the last 20 years or so of educating women about heart disease risk and about diabetes risk. And, you know, women know I need to check my blood pressure. I need to know what my cholesterol is. I need to exercise. I need to watch my diet for heart disease risk. But what we don't do enough to do is to educate women about the fact that those same risk factors, diet, exercise, smoking, weight management, all impact breast cancer risk in the same way. In fact, there's research out there now from the Global World Cancer Research Fund, which shows that about 33% of breast cancers could be prevented prevented, that's not early detection, if we could get women having ideal lifestyle behaviors. And I can tell you that we just don't talk to women enough about that. We talk about heart disease, but we don't talk about breast cancer prevention in the same way. You know, recently the World Health Organization redefined what safe alcohol, if the word safe and alcohol can go together, right. 
in terms of what consumption is. And most women are shocked. Can you mention something to us about alcohol intake? So that's absolutely right, right? So there's been this idea that a little bit of red wine is good um, for heart disease prevention, right? And, you know, certainly in midlife, many women are, you know, their their kids are gone, they're socializing more, they're starting to drink more, and they don't recognize that alcohol really is negative when it comes to many things, including breast cancer risk. And in fact, really, there is no, if you talk to the experts, there's really no safe level of alcohol for women. It's not a half glass a, a day. It's not three drinks a week. The risk certainly increases substantially above more than one drink per day or seven drinks per week. But I can tell you that the people who are really looking at this would tell you that when it comes to alcohol, no alcohol is safe for women. And I will tell you personally, as a breast cancer survivor, you know, no, and knowing that information, you know, and I will tell you, I still do drink alcohol, but, um, you know, I try to be more careful and, and limit it less because I really do. The data is clear that for both breast cancer recurrence and breast cancer incidents, we should be drinking less alcohol or none. So when we look at the future of breast health and empowering women, having them know what they can do in terms of healthy lifestyle, understanding their breast density. Is that all there is or does the future hold more? So, right. So this is really an exciting time in medicine in a lot of ways. And this concept of precision medicine or personalized medicine is really evolving very quickly. Lots of it comes in the form of understanding our genetics and really understanding genes that put us at higher risk. And if we know about those genes based on family history or not, we can do something to try to prevent breast cancer. But the other thing is now we're learning more and more about all of these other modifiable risks that we just talked about, right? About lifestyle, about things that we can do. We're learning more about the impact of breast density on risk, right? So where we're going with breast health is what I believe in the next couple of years is that your physician, like we do a pretty good job now of identifying what your 10-year and lifetime risk of developing heart disease is, that we will have a way that your doctor will be talking to you about your individual risk based on all of these factors, genetics, family history, and then all of these reproductive factors and your weight and your diet and your exercise, and giving you an idea of what your risk is compared to population risk. Because what we know is in women who have elevated risk, those are the women we should really be focusing on in terms of helping them lower their risk through lifestyle and sometimes medication, but also through making sure that we're identifying mutation carriers and we're screening people who are at high risk more. So hopefully the future will allow us access and affordable access as well. Yes, well, that's for sure. So that's that's also the issue, which is right. The, the cost of many of these exciting precision medicine things needs to come down so that it's equitable, um, regardless, you know, of where you live and your insurance or ability to pay. Thank you so much for joining us and really, I think, exciting women about how to be empowered about their breast health. Thank you.